right, I'm gonna turn yeah, it off. Okay. Hey, we are. Are we live? I think we're live. Hi, Alan. Yeah, this is live, and uh, let's see a couple things here. And um, my assumption: this is a new platform for me, so the thing that I'm assuming is that we're going to be recording. But that's okay. Even if if we weren't, that would be okay, right? Um, let me check the chat box. Chat box is turned on. Let's see if anybody in there. Let's see if we can get some anybody uh, to respond to the chat. Hey, there's Mike. Mike D is in the house. Nice. Okay. Appreciate that. If you ever do one of these things, you really appreciate folks putting stuff in the chat box because you don't feel like so much like a crazy person talking to an interviewer. Oh, cool. Like, we got, we, like. Oh, yeah. We got Carl. We got we got Mike Bach. Awesome. Hey, Mike. Good to see you. Everybody can see us pretty good. I, I uh, we just switched platforms, so this is going to be new. We were on a different platform last week. Really disappointed with the audio and video quality. This is going to be HD with zero latency or low latency on the audio and the video. That's what we're looking for. Hey, Taylor. Hey, Taylor. Michael, it's good. You can see that. You yeah. can see the chat too as well. Fantastic. Um, we're excited, aren't we? We are excited. We've been talking all day long, Annabelle. We've been talking all day long. Sorting, um, out, sorting out all the problems. The you know, people people can have podcasts all they want. I say webcast. Forget this is better. This is better. Um, and plus, we can uh, talk to people. You know, podcasts are kind of closed. You don't really, you know, you don't really take in uh, uh, feedback. So what we're going to do in this show is you and I are going to talk for um, – hopefully only like 20 minutes, uh, no more, maybe a little bit more, and then immediately uh, turn it out there for questions. And we have the ability to uh, turn on folks' microphone and, and be able to um, get people to, to ask questions with audio. Now, here's the thing. If you have a question, you want to throw it in the chat, um, throw it in the chat and we'll just read it in that way. So so let's uh, let's get started. Hey, my chat window is working today. Ha! <laughs> Cal, good deal. Cal, I switched platforms. Cal was on our show last week or no Tuesday and we were having some trouble. Um, so that's good to see. Um, hey, Lisa. All right. So hey, we're going to get started. Um, hey, John. Yeah. OK. Some, hey, some, some of your friends, Annabelle. No fair. You padded the whole program. <laughs> I even invited so Annabelle, home. I'm not sure she can figure out how to get on, but... <laughs> Your mom, your mom's gonna, she'll get, hey, about, about minute 18, she'll be, she'll finally have it, she'll have it on. Um, Annabelle, it's, uh, this is an honor and a privilege to have you uh, in my first, uh, one of my first guests on this, on this little show. And you've been a, you've been a guest at my, uh, in my USF class several times. So I know your story and it's really fun to have you come back basically every year because you're just one of those people that, um, that, you know, pulled off one of the, one of the big entrepreneurship stories that I want all of our, you know, the, our students to hear. And uh, we're going to get into that a little bit because um, I want people to hear about, you know, how you, um, you know, created your first startup with very little to no money, actually no money, and then ultimately ended up building a very successful career. But here's the thing that tonight that I want to make sure I set the tone. Um, we really are wanting to focus in on where America is right now and the, um, what 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 uh, we are all struggling with, or we're dealing with, what's kind of upon us, which is is this economic uh, crisis. Mm -hmm. uh, the right word. And so there's a lot of people out there that have, um, you know, lost their job or or fearing that they might soon lose their job. 
and we want to make this this you know this way about being helpful uh, to those folks in terms of the way they're thinking. So if they've already lost their job, they need to be doing something quickly. Of course, applying for unemployment benefits, right? Um, which is, by the way, pretty pretty uh, hardy right now, while it lasts. But folks that are that are possibly on the bubble that feel like maybe that they uh, might be at risk, they need to have some. They need to start getting their head around this idea that maybe they need side income and side business, and they need to maybe explore entrepreneurship. And I talked about it last week. You know, there's two two types of people. There's people out there that have, don't have an entrepreneurial bone in their body. Uh-huh. <laughs> that you know we want to talk and speak to and then there's the people out there that you know always knew that it was in them dreaming it always want hope that they could do something uh even if they haven't been doing it they all you know it's in their mind right they have the entrepreneurial mindset so i want to kind of address um i want to kind of address both both groups out there so that everybody can get a little bit of inspiration uh depending on no matter who they are and where they are so that's kind of the spirit of the a bone in their body, an entrepreneurial bone in their body, probably do, especially when necessity is the mother of invention. And you know, if you're looking mm-hmm. at going to work at Walmart or starting a business, maybe that's going to push you finally over the edge. And the opportunity cost is nothing right now. If you've lost your job and you're collecting unemployment insurance, maybe some of the stimulus packages that are coming out of Washington, what a great opportunity to start a business. I mean, it's you're to pay you to, to sit at home and figure it all out for the first time. Whereas if you had a job and you felt like there was a huge cost to taking the risk of losing your job or to start a business. So it's there are opportunities there. And I'm feeling kind of pessimistic about what's going to happen economically, but optimistic about the opportunities that are there for people who are willing to go out and take them. Yeah, I, I think so. And and I think that's the um I think that's the um that's the message that we want to put out there. And I've just been handed a note. Am I recording? I don't know. This new platform, I haven't quite figured it out. But it's okay. If we don't record, it doesn't matter. Because if you're not here, uh, you know, you you miss out, right? So we'll, we'll find out if we can figure out how to record. Um, but Annabelle, like, that, that's the that's the thing. And I thought there's no better host to have, no better co-host to have tonight than yourself. Um, uh, let me throw the slide deck up here real quick, just so everybody can see um, what we put prepared. So uh, I assume everybody can see that. Um, is the world changing under our feet? You know, last week my the slide opening slide cover said, "What the hell is going on?" Right? That was my slide cover last week because that's how I felt, and I think a lot of people felt like, "What the hell is going on?" Um, and right now, I think that we kind of know what's going on, and we know that this is serious, and it's not going away anytime fast. I mean, economic. I'm not even going to address the the, the 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 health and virus issue. We're talking about economics and jobs and income right now. And so to me, the, is the world changing under our feet? And, uh, and I feel like that's mostly true, seriously. Um, it seems to me that it is. And uh, thank you, Lisa, you can see that slide. Um, and so, you know, the first thing, just a little quickly, just about me and Annabelle's gonna give her background, just really short, I teach entrepreneurship at the University of South Florida. Uh, I bring guest speakers every week, real founders, real entrepreneurs. So I've just collect dozens, you know, well over 100, I could almost say hundreds of entrepreneurial stories now over the last four to five years. So that's a really, uh, really fun thing I get to do, which is what kind of um, prompted me to write the book that I just wrote. Uh, co-founder of Tampa Bay Wave, Startup Accelerator. That's uh, We just celebrated 12 years. I, I like to say, I used to say we just celebrated 10 years, but wow, two years have already expired since then. We, we founded in 2008. Um, my career has been half corporate, half entrepreneur. So I love the fact that I can kind of relate to both sides. I mean, I had a corporate career a good half of my life, uh, my career, and I had to raise a family and provide for a family. And I was the 
solo earner for the family and I had to kind of uh, eat a lot of crow, <laughs> so to speak, and, and, and to try to rise the ranks of the corporate ladder. And I did make it all the way to the C-suite of two companies. Um, one was public, one was not, and uh, kind of been all, you know, middle management, cub I was in a cubicle to middle management and so forth, a lot of uh, that type of stuff. My career started very blue collar. I worked in my, my family business and in my, my book, I talk about the fact that I, you know, worked in the swamps as a, as a uh, surveyor and mapper construction business company that was my family business. So uh, I feel like I have a lot of um, stories and things I, I feel like I can relate. Um, one of the things I feel like is one of uh, the things I can do and perhaps a gift that I have, I can relate to people, whether they're kind of blue collar, white collar, or even C-suite. Um, and then of course, these last five to 10 years have been entrepreneurial, even coaching entrepreneurs and founders, but also doing it myself, solopreneuring, starting companies, et cetera, right? And even this book that I just wrote is like a solopreneur. It's like, I just realized the other day, it's like I, this book basically has become a solopreneur startup. So I'm experiencing it again. Um, dedicated to helping others plan their start. And my website's planyourstart.com. Uh, not here to sell, here to help. And uh, this is raw and uncensored. Clearly, we did, Annabelle, we didn't rehearse. We just kind of like threw this together. Let's see where it goes. We have enough experience in our lives to hopefully share. And we've done a little research about things to share. So we're, we're going to bring some tangible, some tangible things that we think that people, because there's two types of people slash mindsets out there. There's, you know, there's the kind of the, the, the uh, inspirational uh, kind of high level fluff talk that we need to have about what's going on, but there's also concrete resources and concrete steps that one can take. And the best way to live life is obviously to, to balance between kind of big thinking and problem solving at a, at a, at a bigger picture level, but then also being able to execute at a resource tactical level. Right. So we're going to, we're going to do that tonight. Um, second up, I just thought I'd throw up there immediately, immediately people. I just want to kind of shock the system a little bit to show these are companies that these are actually companies that were started in recessions. Now, we're about to head into something maybe worse than a recession, but for sure it's worth pointing out that these are these there, there are plenty of great companies. Airbnb is the upper right top corner, Groupon, so many household names, different different generations and eras. You can see covers the whole gamut. But clearly, people need to know that uh, great things come from recessions, um, depressions, recessions, downturns things like that, it actually reveals opportunity for those that um, have what have it in them to go after. Wikipedia, by the way, is right here in, in St. Petersburg, was found right here in St. Petersburg, Tampa, Florida. So uh, these are companies started with no money, okay? No money, like nearly zero money, maybe a few thousand dollars on a credit card in some cases, but, um, but wow, look at this list, right? You might recognize a good number of these, right? These are companies that have all become some of them have become billion dollar companies, Shopify and RX Bar, and they're definitely $100 million companies and beyond. But if you look at them, they're very narrow. Like if you look at ButcherBox and Linda and RX Bar, you look at SurveyMonkey and Grasshopper. So you, one thing they have in common, even Spanx, right, uh, is that they solved a very specific narrow problem. Uh, they solved a very specific narrow problem that a lot of people had, and they got very good at solving that problem. So that's one of the things I would just throw at you at this list is like if you're going to bootstrap something, and I know I know Annabelle's going to back me up on this, and we haven't even rehearsed, <laughs> um, is that if you're going to if you have very little money, you're going to bootstrap. You, there's riches and niches, and you and you need to 
you need to uh, find a very the, the, a very narrow and deep problem to solve. Narrow and deep meaning it solves a very narrow problem, but deep meaning that there's thousands of people, if not hundreds of thousands of people that have the problem, right? So if you've got enough people in a very near, the reason why narrow is important is because you probably won't have as many direct competitors, right? And you're solving something very narrow and specific. So you're, 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 you're zeroing right in, you're, you're connecting right in with that customer and that, and that user need, and you have very few competitors because you're so narrow, but you've found something that's so niche and so narrow that, that but, but it's so powerful that it has um, thousands and thousands of people with that problem. So that's what you see here with companies that were started, that these are household names that were started uh, with, with very little money and bootstrap. Annabelle, I'm gonna pause right there because I, I don't wanna steal your thunder, but I feel like maybe, I feel like maybe something's welling up in you right now when you see this list, probably, and before we go back to your slide. Uh, well, the first thing was just uh, that I first thing was just that I said, don't fund me, Craigslist, and then in the middle of all of humanity. I thought that was a very funny list. <laughs> but uh, yeah, what's amazing is that you can bootstrap businesses that even get as large as this. And most of the businesses that, uh, businesses that I started and also the people that I work with are not starting these giant national businesses they're starting mom and pop businesses the kind of store business you'll see the corner stores that the brothers working together the families working together the more community oriented businesses but the fact is that you can bootstrap any business if you figure out how to break down the idea into the smallest common denominator and just get started with what you have wherever you are so uh, we'll talk about that a little bit more when we get to my slides but um the opportunity is there right now Obviously, the opportunity is going to be solving problems for people right now, things that people need right now. And that's, that's right from what they needed four weeks ago. And yep. it'll change four weeks from now. But the idea is to figure out where the opportunities are. And whatever you start might have to change. You may have to pivot or switch to something else because we just don't know what's happening. Like you said, it's just changing constantly. But there are definitely opportunities. Wherever there are people, there are opportunities. Right. And to be fair, you're right. You make a good point. These are just good uh, kind of bulletin board material types, you know, companies that, um, you know, that most of us will not start something that will ever be as big as these. But I think it was just a good shock to the system to show that anything can be started with very little money. And frankly, what we're going to spend the rest of this call talking about, honestly, is about not creating the next big thing and creating the next big company or product. But it's going to be about, uh, you know, how can I bring uh, additional revenue to my household, either on the side or even as a kind of a solopreneur, small business, right? So that's where we'll be we'll be going. But it's kind of fun to see that, just to get a little inspiration. Yeah. Um, but this, you know, Craig from Craigslist, when he started Craigslist, he wasn't thinking this is going to become a worldwide enormous business. He was just creating a list of cool things to share with friends. So you never know. I mean, it's good to to think think about it in a way that maybe it'll become large, but start small and, and dream big is my what i always say so. well it, it's it's funny you say that annabelle because now i have to ask you about uh about burt bees right about burt lipschitz right burt lipschitz right so you, you know you mentioned craig right so i can't let you slide um with um i can't let you slide with the bird story so you, okay. you, gotta, you, gotta jump right story. you gotta jump right and tell us that story okay. Well, the first business I started was in Boston. I uh, moved there from Montreal in my uh, mid-20s because I wanted to be a professional cellist. So I moved to Boston to study with a cellist in the Boston Symphony. Um, but I got distracted several years later with business ideas popping up into my head constantly and uh, didn't 
I couldn't basically squelch the ideas. They just kept popping up and distracting myself. So I eventually came up with an idea that I thought was worthwhile putting my cello bow down for. And that was to start one of the first green stores in the country, an eco-friendly store. And uh, I started that in 1990. Uh, Burt's Bees was starting just around the same time and I was one of their first customers. So I sold all kinds of products for the home, uh, recycled toilet paper, compost bins, uh, energy efficient lighting, things that you couldn't get anywhere else at that point, which then eventually became mainstream. But uh, I also sold body care and gifts and toys and things like that. But uh, Alan loves the story about Bert because because I was one of the first vendors for Bert's Bees, at one point they decided to send Bert around to do a little bit of a road show. And he came and spent the day in the store with me. Um, and it was really fun. He was, um, I always say he had a little bit too much to smoke over the years. So <laughs> we couldn't really hold a completely coherent sentence, but he was fun and he was like quite an icon. I think he just died about five years ago. Um, but it was interesting because I started in 1990. They started in 1990. They became this enormous business. Uh, now you can get Burt's Bees and Target and CVS, but I still buy their products. I still think they're great. Um, but that's my my small claim to fame, having met Bert, Bert from Bert's Bees. Oh. No, really, he's great. So you hung out for like a whole day with Bert from Bert's Bees. Yeah. Now, good thing yeah. about that, by the way, again, a good example of someone who who had no big ambitions, most likely when he was first making that, you know, that product. But, you know, I want to shift a little bit away from even the people that get lucky that create a product, not get lucky, that's the wrong way to say it, but that like Bert or Craig or, you know, it, it, and even, you know, just that, create something see a product is naturally scalable so if you get kind of lucky and you and you create something that actually catches wind and can go scale then you can you can be a huge success but i want to pivot into what most people on the call here tonight and most people that you ever run into that um need to find ways to make a month make need to make income like right now and as soon as possible either if in their job to do it on the side or if they're, you know, all of a sudden have more, their hours cut back or lost their job, now they can um, they can start something. So I, I've got a few opening thoughts on that, Annabelle. I want to I want to share that I think would um, you know would make sense. So the first thing I would say about that is it's kind of the obvious thing is do you have um, a particular skill or talent, right? I mean, it's kind of the obvious question, but we have to put it out there. Uh, and there's different variations of that, right? There's, there's skill and talent that's in your personal life. You know, do you play guitar, right? Uh, do you, are you kind of crafty? Uh, are you kind of artistic? Um, are you, you know, a, a pretty good writer? There's some things in your personal life that act, are you a good handyman? Are you, are, you know, are you pretty good with, so there's some things in your personal life that aren't in your daily job that actually in today's world uh, can be, you can be connected up, whether it's crafty on, you know, Etsy and art, Right, or if you're a writer, there's plenty of good writing sites that, that will pay people that are that are uh, that are good with writing. If you are a musician, if you play guitar, you'd be surprised what you could do with social media, YouTube, and some other things by way of, um, of finding ways to get a following. I just last night got hooked into watching somebody on YouTube play guitar in their house, and who knows? And if you can make a business out of teaching guitar, for example, uh, you know, virtually. And of course, I want to put everything in the context of virtual right now. Now, handymen and women. Um, actually can go out with social distancing and, and do jobs. I had someone repair, repair, replace my water heater yesterday, right? That's essential, right? That's an essential yeah, right? service. 
and I had a screen. I've got a back patio screen, and we have a, we have a cat situation with my daughter home from college and her cat, and, and and we had a screen panel like you can have someone come on thumb. You can go to Thumbtack and get someone to do come fix your you know like a, a patio. Screen. There's a lot of things. So so there's kind of like that personal life talent skill, but then I would say put that for a second. But then there's your work skill, right? The work skill that you might have. Uh, where you know the the job that you do every day. If you're in marketing, if you're uh, in, uh, if you are a writer, or if you're in project management, or whatever your cubicle job is, or even if it's a trades kind of job, um, you know, I would even say like a um, you know a, a construction or a plumber or something like that. You know, assuming that you might need a license, putting that aside for a second whether you're in the trades or you're professional, that skill, the, one of the advantages of being low on the totem pole and being at the rank and file of a company that's on, on, the, on, on the professional side is that you're close to the skill set. So chances are with a little creativity, a little homework and a little work, um, you can find a way to be paid for that um, you know, outside of your, your job. Just walking in my neighborhood today, uh, my neighbor, you know, I was telling him about my water heater and he was telling me about, hey, do you, how's your AC? And I'm like, it's fine. He's like, just so you know, I've got an AC guy, air conditioning guy that does side projects on air conditioning. He does it for like, you know, half to three quarters of the price. And he just wanted, my neighbor just wanted to tell me that as a good friendly neighbor that he has a, he has a guy, right? So there's just, um, if you, whatever, so your skill set that you have in your personal life, but the one that you might have in your professional life, um, it, uh, it, you got to, I think the first step to me, the first step is to assess what skill and talent, what's your skill and talent set that you that you possess? And, and let's kind of start there. Now, if this weren't if this were a stronger economy, I might would say, hey, let's dream a little bit. Let's talk about, uh, you know, some big ideas you have or something you always wanted to create or a product or things like that. Right. But, it, but when, it, when, when times are when times are tight, let's get let's stay close to our skill set. That's I just want to put that to you. Well, also another way to figure out maybe what you're good at is to ask, figure out what do people come to you for? What do they ask you for? Are you the person they come to every time your car breaks down, or are they the? Are you the person they come to when they need help with a social problem? Are you the person who they come to when you they need a cake or recipe? So it's a good way. It's one way to think about it. I always say that a great idea for a business is at the intersection of something that excites you, something that solves a problem, and something that you're good at. And right now, the most important one is number two: something that solves the problem. So I think actually we should flip it around rather than thinking about what you're good at or what excites you, what problems are there out there? And basically, what are you hearing people complain about? And what are you, what are you complaining about yourself? And that's where the opportunities are. So for instance, I can think of right now off the top of my head, three or four problems that need to be solved. For instance, um, our- hey, Annabelle, Annabelle, you need a little extra echo for some reason. Okay, um, I'm not sure if anybody else is hearing that, but um, we're gonna- uh, Give it a quick pause and just see um we're going to see if that improves go ahead and make that okay. point again well, so you know for instance my my stepson and and, and our daughter-in-law have two young children they're both uh they're both working they're very lucky to both have their jobs and so they're working at home with a toddler and a preschooler and it's almost impossible for them to get their work done so somebody who could come on right now online and create some kind of a live program Puppet shows or anything that would kids. <laughs> did you say hold on? Did you say wait a minute? Did you say puppet shows? Sure, anything, anything that awesome. we, we get on there. We read books to them, and we and you know my husband makes funny faces at the kids for half an hour. But anybody who could figure out a way to package some kind of little live show so they don't feel like they're sticking the kids in front of television all day, 
there's a problem that's being solved. So if it's something that excites you, if you like being around children and you're also good at it, boom, you have a perfect business idea. Um, another idea, yeah, I had to, my husband cut my hair today. I have no idea what it looks like in the back. I don't think it's too bad, but I used a haircut like a wild woman, somebody who could get online and teach people how to cut, you know, a hairdresser maybe who already exists, but if you're just good at cutting hair, who could teach other people how to cut their, their family's hair. There's a business now, right there. Quick time out. First of all, quick time out. I, my daughter cut my hair earlier this week and it's on Facebook, by the way, and, and, yeah. and they already stole my idea, but that's okay. But here's what I want to say. I just, but here's what I want to say that's really worth putting in here right now. You, something you and I know that, um, that most aspiring entrepreneurs don't know. All the things you said are true. We're going to keep rolling down this path, by the yeah. way. But what the, the, the ingredient that doesn't get, that, that doesn't, that people don't immediately understand and think about, the ingredient is going to be uh, persistence, uh, relentless persistence, relentless determination. Uh, uh, you know, when you first try, it won't work. When you first try, nobody's going to respond. Like, there's all, like, not only will you struggle to get that off the ground, but then when you get it off the ground, there's going to be all kinds of wonky uh, challenges inside. It's going to feel, it's typically, not always, if you're lucky, great, but, but typically it's going to be hard to get started. And then when you get it going a little bit, it's still not going to go as well as you'd like. It's going to be a struggle. So, so the, the thing to remember in all of this is that, is that all of those things are available to you, but they're only available to the persistent. They're only available to the determined. I just want to put that out there, right? Because it's worth saying because when, when, that, when, these, when people take on these things and they experience those rough waters, I want them to remember what, what I just said and what you're probably going to you know, second right now. Well, actually, I think I actually slightly disagree with you on this one because <laughs> I'm a little bit more optimistic about starting a business. If you find something that you're passionate about, that excites you, and that you want to build, that'll carry you through. That's what happened to me. I mean, I started five different businesses. Every time I was so excited that despite the fact that I was working 80, 90 hours a week, and all the all the uh, roadblocks that came up, I it was exciting and that got me through. So I think that if you're, um, I say that there are three things you need. You need to be curious because if you're curious, you'll learn whatever you need to learn. You need to be tenacious because then you'll stick with it, and yep. you need to have confidence. And you probably won't have the confidence at the beginning, but as you go from step to step to step, you'll gain the confidence. And as you go from one business to the next, you'll gain the confidence. So I I, I don't think that it's such a negative or tough thing. I think that just, I think the hardest part is getting started, having the confidence yeah. to get started. Well, I think, and I think, I think if, you're gonna, enough, and if you've grabbed onto something that you're really passionate about, and maybe it wasn't your passion at the beginning, but it's become your passion because you want to make this, you want to solve this problem, then it's not going to feel that way. You're going to wake up in the morning kind of rearing to go to tackle those problems. And that's what yeah. happened to me. I didn't feel, I never really felt uh, a load on my shoulders. I felt it was hard. I knew I was working hard, but so I think I'm a little bit more optimistic than you are. Well, that's also starting right now in a, in a, a pandemic in a world pandemic. I mean, that's probably going to be the toughest you're ever going to have. It's going to, it's going to be all downhill from from here to yeah. now. So, and, and I think I, I think we we actually I just didn't say it as well as I'd like to. We actually are in agreement. Um, it, it will you know you mentioned the eighty out the sixty seventy hours that you didn't mind working and all the yeah. challenges. So absolutely, the energy will be there to push you through it all, and you'll feel energized to get through it all. I just wanted to point out that things don't come as easy as you expect. But when you are, but to your point, if you're if you're passionate about it, you know you're doing what you want to do, and you're committed to it, you push through all of that. I think that's. I think yeah. we're. Yeah. yeah. Right. 
yeah, I just, I don't want to discourage anyone from starting a business. I want to, I want to See, start. I, and you have to understand, and I, and I, I love this contrast because yeah. in my class, I, the opening, my opening statement is, "I'm here to inspire you to be an entrepreneur, or inspire you not to be an entrepreneur." So, <laughs> yeah. so that's what you're getting. You're getting some of this. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm kind of of the camp, and we're all different, right? And when I coach, when I coach aspiring entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, I'm of the camp of like, you know, uh, beating down those expectations, and then see if you can fight through it. Because then, when it works out, you're like, "Oh my God, this is really working." You don't, you didn't expect it. Um, just because I know the, that it's going to be harder than you would imagine. I think you would agree with this, Annabelle. It is going to be harder than you're imagining it's going to be. Think about just us putting this webinar together. Think about mm -hmm. Bootstrap Business School. Everything that we, that you and I have ever come up with as entrepreneurs, I think you would agree, was always harder than we expected, maybe by 5x. But because we cared, we cared about it, we we're so committed, we powered through it. And mm -hmm. I think that's really the only point I'm trying to make. You yeah. probably would agree. You know, I, I just started my story with uh, starting my first business, but I ended it. I want to just end it to, to segue into something, but I ended it in 2015 selling my last business, which is an eco-friendly toy store. And that enabled me to retire and move down to Florida and start my next chapter. And my next chapter was starting a nonprofit organization called Bootstrap Business School, where I'm working in underserved communities in the Tampa Bay area to help people start their business. And one of the biggest things I need to do is inject people with a large dose of confidence. So that's really, I think, people who don't see that the opportunity is there for them, that that door is open for them, and that they can walk through it are, are at a disadvantage. And I'm trying to. So I work really hard at saying to people, you can do this. You, there, are, there, there are difficulties. There are definitely roadblocks. But you can definitely do it. I'm going to show you how to do it. I'm going to show you how to do it without any money. And um, I'm going to show you how to do it without any experience. So I think we differ slightly on that. but. The, the results are the same. The result, basically, <laughs> and it's all right. We don't have to have the exact same view on how to I think we're just like, we're basically just, yeah. just like, like, okay, so let's, let's move to that then, Annabelle. Let's talk about, um, you know, you know, I've got some stuff that I researched and prepared everything from, like I mentioned, Thumbtack and Etsy and yeah. Etsy. And I, I mean, I got, you know, Upwork and all these places, and maybe we can provide those after the webinar, like places that online, that you can either, to me, there's like some categories. You can go sell things online like products, right? Either products that you make or used products that you already, you, you have or you, you know, repurpose or whatever. Um, Mercari is a great one for that. Products that you make, Etsy's a good for that. And then, then there's, then there's used products that, that are quasi for, you know, everything from, from you know, from eBay to you know Amazon Marketplace, and then all the way to new goods that you can. I know people that find new products in wholesale, uh, overstock, and then they resell them on on Amazon. They do quite well. I've got a friend who does like women's hair care products, and he finds it in bulk. He spends his nights, weekends finding it, and then he sells it. And he makes does great, and there's all that. There's product, right? And then there's that's kind of like fast kind of turning of business. And of course, if you want to, you know. That's the whole thing. And then there's services, right? Then there's like things that you go do for people in different ways. And there's two kind of types for that, right? There's the kind of services you would do in the physical world where, or something along those lines that we mentioned earlier where you might be uh, hair, cutting hair or you might be you know, baking or you might be delivering or you might be a handy person or you might, uh, there's so many like kind of physical services things but then there's the the virtual services world which is the things i mentioned earlier writing and project management and and there's sites like like you said like upwork and freelancer so there's a whole spectrum of like 
the, the beauty of the beautiful thing about today with the internet and all these amazing sites is if you have a skill and a talent that's somewhat marketable that somehow that people would will pay for, there's platforms right now you can plug into and start selling your product or services. That's for sure. Before you even create a website or you get overcommitted or before you try to, um, and I think that's, I just want to throw that out there before I turn it back to you and say, hey, what do you end up coaching your um, bootstrap business school students on? Yeah, so I yeah, so I'm right now, the service uh, companies that are going to be really needed, I think. Can you hear my echo, by the way? I'm hearing my voice coming back. Okay. No, we, we hear you good. We hear you so good. I think it's really going to be, like I talked about, somebody who could who could handle kids are at home so the parents can work, um, somebody who can teach people how to cut their hair. Um, there has been a huge run on garden seeds. I'm a big gardener. I go up to Vermont in the summer and plant an enormous vegetable garden. And I can't get my seeds. I placed the order two and a half weeks ago. And I talked to the company today. They usually have 400 orders this time of year, and they had 4,600 orders. So that occurred to me. What a great idea. You could go around to people and set up raised beds in their front yards or the backyards, deliver the seeds, deliver the plants, and start like a victory garden in front of people's houses. Because people are afraid to go to the grocery store. They're afraid of that the supply chain is going to break down. Um, and all of a sudden, we'll have people growing more vegetables in their front yard. So there's another service business that could be started almost overnight. Um, telehealth is becoming enormous. And I think there's probably some business in there where you could be the link between the telehealth companies and the customers. I mean, a lot of things. But I think it's the service businesses, either virtual or live, that are really going to be the future right now. Um, I think selling, I certainly encourage people to sell their own stuff just to raise money if they're financially stuck right now. But I think it's going to be hard to get product. I think the whole supply chain from China has really slowed down. So I wouldn't encourage people right now to go into a product business as much as I would to go into a service business. Right. I agree. I agree because services, um, first of all, products requires, you know, a lot of things, right? It requires uh, material. It requires distribution and delivery packaging, you know, shipping. And number one, the number one thing a product, uh, number the number one thing a product requires is um, a customer. And that's the problem with a product, right? Not the problem with the challenge with a product is that you, you can't, you can't know if, you know, unless you're reselling an existing item that everybody's already buying, typically um, uh, a product is has has to be proven that somebody will actually buy it and they will want it right unless again unless you're going to go get something that's proven that you know people will buy that you're reselling repackaging that people are asking for which is a bit on the safe side of the product world but definitely venturing away if there's any speculation about whether people will buy your product for how much then that's the the place that again i'm with you that i would caution people against because there's two things that you there's really two safe places right there's a product that like I just mentioned that is already known, proven, and you turn it on and people will buy it guaranteed. Mm -hmm. I mean guaranteed, like I mean that like really guaranteed, like it, it will be it will be bought. Or services, which um, again, uh, almost like 80% of the services ideas that anybody comes up with are pretty pretty certain that there's a there's a buyer and a need for them, right? Everything we brainstormed today, you know, if somebody came up with a service of uh, you know, climbing trees and removing cats from trees, then I would challenge that, right? Because I'd be like, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean? But most of the ideas that we come up with services either off our own skill set or experiences in life, there's a, there is a buyer out there. There is somebody who needs it, somebody who will pay for that. 
And uh, and I agree with you. Like, get into the tap right into the vein. Of right that. now, with 10 million people um, already applying for unemployment, I think people are going to be focused on spending money on needs, not wants. So, mm -hmm. creating something that really is uh, optional for someone's pocketbook, I think, is not going to be as, as smart as creating something that people absolutely need to need. People need to eat. They need to take care of their yeah. kids. They need to take care of their pets. A lot of things. So, um, for instance, I have a friend who's a huge Amazon seller. He's one of the top uh, Amazon sellers for um, what are they called? They're not not toys, but kind of trinkets. And but Amazon's not accepting those products. His his business is at a standstill because he can't actually ship those products into Amazon's warehouse. They're only taking essential products right now. So you have to think about that. I mean, this could go on for another year. These kinds of situations. So. I think definitely solving a problem that affects people right now would be the smartest type of business to start. Right. I agree. So Carl says here, passionate about a concept is great, but you also need to be passionate about success. Many people are passionate about what they like, but not passionate about enough to succeed. So um, again, you know, something we made on the last call about, um, you know, being passionate about success, something we talked about last time is about, you know, being being um, success or customer focused means that instead of you building or creating something that you're interested in or you think is cool or you think you like or you think people would like or that you're passionate about or whatever, um, instead um, uh, go out and, and 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 turn that upside down and be more focused on what do people what do we know what do we already know that people want need like and will pay for right and that's being focused on success. And we, you know, the different, especially in a, an economy like this, you don't have the luxury of taking a chance on something you think that people will like, want or need and whether they would even pay for it and how much. There's so much risk and experimenting that's required in that on that side of the spectrum. To Carl's point, um, you should be what, You know, what Carl's saying is that it's one thing just to have an idea and a dream and have the passion for it, but it's actually getting it into action is really what matters. And it seems like a lot of people think, okay, I have this great idea, I want to make it happen, and they're excited for about 40 minutes. But then when, when the verbal shit hits the fan, they're not, you know, they have to, you really do have to put the work into it in order to make it. And you have to be committed and you have to be basically decide you're not going to fail no matter what. That's just it. You're just going to do it. Um, and like you yeah. said, if you don't, but if you don't listen to what the marketplace wants and pivot in that direction, if it's needed, you're not going to stay in business. So part of it is having an idea. The other part of it is saying, okay, I want this to succeed. So what's going to make it succeed? I mean, your customers are usually telling you, and if you're not listening, that's, that's a, definitely a roadblock right there. Right. Exactly. Um, and then, um, okay. So let's, um, let's move into, so Annabelle talk about, um, okay. So let's imagine folk, if you were speaking to someone who, is uh has, has just lost their job or who is thinking more importantly frankly to someone who thinks that it could be coming soon um what what kind of um what kind of advice would you be giving them or what how would you be coaching that person right now well first of all i would say that as i said i'm pessimistic about what's happening but i'm very optimistic about what the opportunities are and it's not time to take a vacation i think a lot of people <laughs> think I play on the couch <laughs> Watch Netflix and eat chocolate, you know, eat chocolate chip cookies, which we did for a week. But um, I meet with my students every Sunday night on Zoom. And a week and a half ago, I said, okay, I kind of coined a new word. I said, it's time to stop coronavating. You've had one week to coronavate. And that's just to sit around and do nothing and say, woe is me. And 
pull the covers over your head, but it's the people who double down now who are going to succeed. And basically this time is going to pass no matter what. It's going to pass. So you can five years from now be complaining about the situation you're in, or you can be looking back and saying, okay, things were bad. Things were bad all around me. Everyone was in the same boat, but I made something happen. I figured out an opportunity and I got to work. So what I would say is just, well, first of all, put yourself in a position and we're kind of going through my slides, but I guess that's okay. Put yourself in a position where you can build a business. So the first thing is you have to be, you have to be, um, you're getting my slides. Yeah, okay. here we go. Here we go. So the first thing is you have to be financially stable. So if you are on unemployment insurance and that will cover your basic nut every month, fine. But if you're not, then you have to figure out a way. If you're not going to get uh, stimulus from the, the CARES Act, if you, there's no way to get money, go out and get a job. Because the most important thing is to have enough money to cover your your monthly expenses. And again, figure out what's what's a need and what is a want. I mean, go over your go into your bank account and see what are you paying for every month that you don't need. You don't need Netflix. You don't need your cable. You don't need uh, whatever things. Whoa, 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 you need Netflix. You can Netflix. throw cable out, but we need Netflix. Okay, maybe keep 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 the Netflix, but um, but basically figure out what you need to spend money on and get rid of everything else. Make yourself as lean as possible because you're going to have to you're going to have to uh, pay yourself from outside the business. You can't let the business pay pay yourself. You have to pay the business first. So basically. Find a job if you have to. There's no shame in having a part-time job at 15 bucks an hour that will pay your bills and allow you to walk away from it at night and on the weekend or whatever your spare time is to build your business. There's nothing wrong with that. You have to take care of yourself. You have to take care of your family. So put yourself in a position where you're financially stable first. That's the first thing. And there, um, there's actually, I don't know if Jose is on here, but one of my one of my entrepreneur students just posted a great article he found um, and I'll post it up on my LinkedIn page so you can see tons of places are hiring. So get a job, figure out if you're on employment, we'll cover it, apply for the, some of that CARES money. Uh, what does that CARES stand for? Coronavirus, I had a Coronavirus Aid Relief and Economic Security Act, I think that's a great name. Try and get some of that stimulus money, but get yourself settled financially. And um, then you can start thinking about the next step. So, so Annabelle, what do you do with these students for a whole week? So you pull these, you, you pull your students in for a whole week, and you and you boot camp them. Yeah. Walk us through that. Okay, so I run that. We've we've done it twice so far. We ran two pilot programs last year. Right now, we're uh, at the final stages of a of hopefully getting this large grant. I won't say who with who right now. I don't want to jinx it, but uh, we're hoping to run at least six of them next year. And we run nine day boot camp. It starts uh, Saturday morning at nine a.m and ends the following Sunday at 6 p.m. Annabelle, take a, take a quick break, Annabelle. There was a little delay. Let's give you a second while, because you were getting some crazy echo. Okay. Um, you're good now, try, go ahead. Okay, should I start over? Start over. Okay, so we run nine day boot camps in low income communities in the Tampa Bay area uh, with the idea that eventually we will bring the program, we'll train other people and use the curriculum and bring the program all around the country. And the program starts on Saturday morning at 9 a.m. It ends at 6 p.m. the following Sunday. We bring together a cohort of 50 people who have usually too many ideas, but at least one idea. And basically they come with an idea and they leave ready to launch their business with everything they need to know. And then I have ongoing support. We have a weekly Zoom call. Uh, some of the students are actually on here today. Maybe they can put out, send in a little note on the chat. 
Uh, we have a weekly Zoom call where we discuss problems and keep learning. Some of the students come back and teach each other. We have a private Facebook group and we basically put together a community. And, and my dream is that we just keep running these programs all around the Tampa Bay area and just build the community um, and uh, basically teach people that they can start a business, that they don't need money, they don't need experience, they don't need connections, they don't need education. They just need to be uh, to have grit. They need to uh, they need to be curious so that they are willing to learn, and they need to have tenacity. And uh, so far, it's worked great. I'm see some little notes for people. <laughs> um, and I'm excited about it. And the thing is that so many people now that are losing their jobs, and it's a great opportunity for them to do this. And what I'm uh, someone just asked, when does the next one start? So I'm trying, waiting for funding to do the live programs, and hopefully their funding will come through in June, and we'll start doing the live programs in October. But because of what's happening, I'm also working now at developing uh, webinars and workshops that we will do online. So if any of you are interested, go to our website, bootstrapbschool.org and send me a note. I'll make sure you're on the email list. And um, we're going to run a whole series of workshops. So getting comfortable on this webinar with, with Alan is the start. And um, I know Alan's going to be doing similar type work. And I keep joking with him that he and I are going to end up in the same company because we're both so interested in helping people. <laughs> yeah. And uh, just. There's a, there's a merger afoot. Yeah. And in, mo in my class, most of the people who took the pilot programs were from low income communities. They're mostly at or below the poverty level, but we also had corporate refugees and people with doctoral degrees. And it was great to mix everyone together. So I will always hold about 20% of the spaces for people in that category. Uh, the grant, the grantors want uh, us obviously to be serving the lower income community, but um, there's a possibility of eventually running this um, for profit as well. There's been a lot of, lot of possibilities here. And I think with what's going on now, there's more need for it than ever. And I'm hoping that a lot of the potential sponsors that we're working with will see that and that there'll be money available for it. Uh, bootstrapbschool.org, like B, like business school. Someone just asked, Lisa asked that. Bootstrap, bootstrap business, bootstrap, bootstrap B-school.org. Like B for business school? Bootstrap okay. B-school.org. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Bootstrap Yeah. So what I find interesting though is that when I go to a dinner party, for instance, eight out of 10 people sitting around the room say they want to start a business. I think it's just a very universal wish and dream. And uh, so the information that I teach it's just as relevant if you have a doctorate degree and you're working in a high tech in an executive position because that's completely different knowledge but actually knowing how to start a business where do you start what's the first step what's the second step how do you figure out if you have a good idea how do you figure out if uh you know who to, who to help you there's just all these basic questions that most programs don't teach and so much of, so much is out there right now is for high tech and for for um large scalable businesses, but most businesses don't start that way. And there's a wonderful podcast on National Public Radio, I'm sure you know it, Alan, called How I Built This. How it, yeah. Fantastic. I recommend it to you guys. Put it up on your headphones when you're out walking the dog or washing the dishes or whatever. And probably 80 to 90% of the businesses who've now become large, scalable international businesses started just by bootstrapping. And so... Yeah, I just think there's phenomenal opportunity, phenomenal. Um, there's going to be so many people who need this information. And I'm so excited to be sharing it with people and uh, to also be, to be able to help people who 
couldn't afford to go out and take the courses, don't believe that it's there for them and um, basically be able to convince them, yes, it is, you can do this. And I'm saying that to anyone who's on the call today, if you're interested in starting a business, you can do this. And uh, Alan and I can help you. We want yep. to help you. Uh, we want to look back a few years from now and say, hey, this was really a crisis, but look what we did. We, yeah. we have all these people do something. And, and hope, there, will, there will be entrepreneurs born during this part of the time. And, and I think for the first time in history, it won't be the classic entrepreneur. I think there's going to be a lot of homepreneur, solopreneur, side business uh, entrepreneurs born out of necessity because we know necessity is the mother of invention and necessity drives everything we you know people talk about the you know people like to imagine that entrepreneurs have special secret sauce or special confidence and so forth but what people don't realize is that most entrepreneurs are driven by very um basic things either uh, the ones that really make it generally are running from something, trying to prove something, trying to, you know, my, my father, who was my um, most admired entrepreneur, he was, he basically swore he would never be uh, in poverty again. He would never be broke. He would never be poor again. And that was just a driver his whole life. And so um, I think right now folks, whether they've, fully felt the burn yet or not hopefully we're getting them in time to start some things in advance but bottom line once you feel the the, the burn and the tinge of of not being in control of your destiny and or income and so forth and necessity forces you to do things maybe you're not comfortable with things you're not comfortable with things that you would naturally think you're comfortable with um because it's necessity to, you know dictates and pushes you um, you'd be surprised what the human spirit can do, what the, what the human creativity can do. You'd be surprised what all of us can do when we're forced. You, we all know this on a basic level. We all know this on a basic level. You think about anything great you've done in your life and all you look back, almost everything was done under duress and under pressure. Yeah. I hate to say it that way, but it's really true. The human, the human uh, spirit is built that way. We perform when we have to. We think about have, how many exams. I mean, think of students. Like you don't. Would you study for a test if you did? If would you study material if there wasn't a test? Would you? Would you pressure? Would you make a deadline thinking to work? Would you have gotten that thing done if there wasn't a deadline? Would we have been prepared for this webinar if we had? If it hadn't had a fixed time that we had to be ready? Life is just that way. You think about all the things in life that get done because there's a, a deadline or or some kind of a. Of a, of a commitment. I had, like I said, my, my water heater repaired this week. He was going to be here at 8.30. I had to do certain things before he got here, right? I, it's, a, it's a funny example, but as humans, we were, unfortunately, we're kind of wired to do things that we have to do. And so I talk a lot about artificial uh, deadlines. I talk a lot about artificial uh, urgency. So the thing about, about this entrepreneurship and income, side income and extra income streams, you actually need, if either you've lost your job or you, or maybe what you have to actually create some artificial urgency in your life. You got to create some artificial debt, some literally you have to trick yourself and everybody around you to think that that is an existential threat in your life. And, and, and a lot of people might criticize me for that because it, because uh, you know you're bringing unnecessary stress, or you're bringing un, you're bringing you're inviting stress into your world. But I would challenge that anything, anything that gets really done, whether it's your social media or you build that product or you build that website, all the stuff we talked about on this call tonight, honestly, Annabelle, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. doesn't get done when you're just kind of like making it a second priority and you're kind of like I'll get to it. And we all know this. We've all like it only get things only get done when you like I got to get this done by X. 
I got to, like tonight, Annabelle, like I needed Annabelle. It's got to get me that power. Like I got to, I got to, I got to, I got to, right? Think about all the things we get done because somebody's counting on, somebody's waiting on. I got to get this thing to this other person, right? I got to, I got to. That's one of the reasons why entrepreneurship never really happens for people is because their world gets consumed with all the things they got to, got to do. And so the thing that for them, the thing their dream or the thing that they could start on the side doesn't have that level of urgency. So it never really gets that attention. So I talk about artificial urgency, artificial deadlines, artificial. You've got to actually bring it. It's kind of like paying yourself first. You've heard the term, right? Paying mm -hmm. yourself first. It's kind of like you have to you have to bring this in and treat this imaginary, imaginary deadlines, imaginary urgency, imaginary got to get it done. It's it sounds like a, it sounds like crazy town, but it's literally what you have to do. Now, if you're semi-retired or if you've got a lot of runway and you've got some money and you can do things, then you can kind of like, okay, today I'm gonna drink my coffee and I'm gonna work on my thing, right? But for most people uh, that are in jobs or have lost their jobs, or whatever, uh, it, it's not like something they can be casual about. It's it's got to compete. Even if you lost your job, you've got to spend hours doing unemployment and looking for a new job. How do you work on your side business when you you're supposed to be spending X number of the hours working on a new job? It's a real challenge to keep a priority on a side business. Yeah, and the thing is, you know, yeah, starting a business out of your comfort zone. Right, right, right now, we're all comfort zones. So in some ways, we're perfectly poised for starting a business, and. Right now, although all the small businesses out there are struggling, unless you're selling groceries or doing some kind of essential business, they still own their energy. They still own their education and their experience and their know-how. And so they're perfectly poised to figure out how to either come back stronger or turn their business into something else. And they still control their own destiny. And you don't have that when you're working for somebody else. You get fired, you're fired, and you're struggling out with the other 10 million people out there to get the next job. So I think that it's it makes sense to start a business because it's something that you then have a skill you have that you will have for the rest of your life and that you will once you've started one business it's so much easier to start the second one you know all the all the steps it takes to launch the business and uh, so I think that makes a lot of sense and and you have to get out of your comfort zone and and we're here we're all out of our comfort zones. So. That's right. That's right. Um, do you do any artificial, uh, you know, do you do any artificial deadline, artificial urgency in your life, um, Annabelle? Because, you know, here's the thing, you and me, but we have, I have other things I can do on any given day, things that are more pleasurable, things that are more fun. I don't have to get, I don't, there's a lot of things I don't have to get done in a, in a day, but, but, you know, the whole cubby urgent, but important, uh, important, but not urgent. And you know as well as I do that the real big things in life get done in that quadrant that's called important but not urgent. Right. And and so I was curious if you have any mental games or hacks that you work with in your life to um, to bring things out of that important but not urgent into your into your urgency column. Okay. Well, interesting because I spent most of my time running businesses, putting fires out, but I really changed a lot since then. I. Since we made, my husband and I made a five-year goal to sell the business up north, move down here to Dunedin, buy a property up in northern Vermont that's been in my family since 1962. And, and basically, we made everything happen in those five years. And that turned me into a goal-setting, basically, not. I just love setting goals now. But I have a system that I, we spend about probably two hours out of this uh, bootstrap business school uh, boot camp learning time management, productivity, tricks. And I basically throw out a whole bunch of ideas I read 
probably 30 or 40 books on it. But the system that works well for me is, is I make a list every week on Sunday night of 21 items that I want to get done and I tackle three a day. And otherwise I get to the end of the week and I'm like, what did I do? I don't feel like I, and 21 things in a week is amazing. You actually can get those 21 things done. I don't mean, uh, I don't mean wash my hair. That's not one of them. <laughs> has to be, they have to be somewhat substantial, but they're not all going to be six hour projects either. And that seems to work the best. Wait, wait, what, you spend six hours washing your hair? No, but other projects. Yeah, but take something, you know, it's not easy to make this. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> but, I, but I basically pick up three things a day and I say, okay, those are the three things I'm gonna get done. If I get those things done, I feel like I've accomplished it. Usually what happens is because I get those three things done, I feel so good that I'm motivated to do more. But if I only get those three things done and it's noon, okay, afternoon off. Now, afternoon off means that I might be walking the dog for two hours listening to seven podcasts at the same time. I'm not somebody who sits around a lot, as you, as you know. But um, I just think sometimes what happens is we get overwhelmed and paralyzed because we have so many things to do. And then we just want to stay in bed all day. And I've had days like that. But for me, it's just a matter of systematically, okay, what has to get done this week? What am I going to do today? And obviously, there are days where you just have to get something done. We uh, Today I had to per figure out how to get onto this webinar and share everything on social media. And so that was the priority, but yeah. that's my system. And I actually provide the students with a, a whole sheet. I teach them how to use the system and um, it works well. I think the goal sheet, I, I like the idea of the two or three goals and the, and the things getting done. I, I, yeah. I think that's fantastic, but I wanna, I'm gonna come back and harp on this artificial urgency in fact, sometimes keep creating traps for yourself, um, creating commitments to that you can't get out of, I think are very powerful. Again, this webcast I'm doing is something no one asked me to do. I just told myself I'm going to do this, and I created, I created, um, you know, massive commitment around this. And and even writing my book, you know, I was, I was, I told the internet that I was going to write it in six months. And, yeah. And those are some those are some bigger things, but even small ways like, you know, just like things like sometimes I find if you create if you put a big goal out there and and you somehow make it where you can't escape from it, like you're going to launch, you know, this this workshop or this webinar that you're working on or you're going to build a, somehow. But you need to create. Unfortunately, people would think this is uh, the last thing you'd want to do, but you're better off going out and creating some commitment to a third party, uh, a promise to a third party, not just like a friend promise, like, you know, uh, that you can easily get out of, but like, like, you know, with me, with my book, like I, I basically told everybody I would have it done by the end of the year. Like I can't get out of that. Right. Or, or this web with this web, this webcast, right? Like I, I, I once I announce it and like, I can't, I can't back out. Right. I can't back out. Or if I was going to do a product, for example, you know, if you had a product or a service idea, putting yourself out on the on on uh, Thumbtack or on Etsy or whatever, and somehow um, putting yourself in a huge discomfort zone. Mm -hmm. A lot of people say, "Oh, that uh, that is you can't promise that you don't know." And I, but you know, real the entrepreneurial mindset says um, now you're officially on the hook. You're officially on a limb. And yeah, you know what? Guess what? You don't have any trouble getting up out of bed in the morning. No problem. Like this morning, had no problem because I was thinking about all the things that had to happen before this webcast tonight. 
because I didn't want three people to be in this in this room. I wanted like 20, 30 people, which is what we have. And I knew that I was going to spend hours today pumping it, you know, pushing it, telling people about it. On and and so I created this uh, this this this. So there's artificial, but there's also self-imposed uh, deadlines and self-imposed commitments. I think commitments is the best word. I don't know if you've experimented with this, but it's pretty powerful. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you're a poster boy for that method. I, I don't think I can do it. I mean, when you posted in September, I'm going to write a book by December. I was like, oh my God, I would never do that. But it worked. And actually, I'll, I'll just like tell everybody, I said to you last week, you are so on fire right now. I don't yeah, think, if everyone right. had the energy that you had, we probably could power the entire country just by a whole bunch of Alan Clary's running around. But but it's great because you're not you're not sitting around being depressed. You're not sitting around thinking, looking at your stock market and thinking how much money you're losing. You're just you're not worried about getting sick. You're just out there making things happen. And that's what we all have to do. It's the only way. I mean, I, I think there, there are two things we have to do. One is to be grateful for what we have right now and focus on that, because otherwise we'll just be all crying uh, all day long. And the next thing we have to do is figure out what can we do right now to make things better. And either starting a business or helping other people or looking for a job or whatever. But there has to be some positive energy going out, because whatever energy you put out is what's going to come back. And uh, yes. your energy yeah. is like, oh, my God, it's enough for 400 people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Lisa says here, uh, Lisa said, uh, is that your student of yours, Lisa? I don't know. No. Um, I divide my task into must-dos, should-dos, and would-like-to-dos. If um, if the must-dos get done, I feel accomplished. Okay, I want to validate and acknowledge that, right? But yeah. I'm going to come right back with the whole artificial urgency thing, right? And I'm going to say that the the challenge with that because i've tried them all i've tried mm -hmm. every i mean it's insane over my 30 year like how many uh organizational things i've been a part of most of my life i was a project manager so i was organizing other people not just myself so my only pushback on that is to say that you again important but not urgent the things in your life unfortunately life will dominate the things that uh, things in life will dominate your day, your boss, your job, your work, or your kids, your family, your life, or the thing, or the thing, and the gathering of the gap food, and there's all the things that will that, that have that have the built-in urgency in them, right? That you don't have a choice, right? But those are other people's priorities, and yes, that's food, and yes, that's your paycheck, and yes, that's a lot of things. But you're not dealing, you're not digging your well before you. I I did it. I I can speak from firsthand. I let years, if not decades, clip off sometimes letting those things dictate my day's week. And I had like bigger goals that I never really worked on. And we know the story, we know how that story goes. So when I look at something like that, I go, well, what, kind of like pay yourself first, Annabelle, the whole mantra of pay yourself first, it's the same thing with your life goals and what you wanna get done. So I would challenge Lisa to say, guess what? That must do list should include 20, 30%, should include things that you um, that are that you've put on there you've taken out of your personal basket of life goals uh, that are technically not urgent. In fact, they're anything but because they're just in your brain and they're just in your intangible brain and put them on your must do list. Even if it's a small thing, like, like you, like Annabelle, create the company, create that LLC or, you know, start peppering your must do list with things that are steadily moving you towards the goal. Research a certain thing that you need. I'm telling you, if you don't do it, while well, 10 years, 10, ye 10 years goes by. Well, you know, I think the thing with productivity and time management is kind of like diets. There's not one size fits all. Everyone has, so that's the thing you have to keep trying till you find the thing that finally works for you. And it took That's me a right. long time to figure out 
how to actually well like well like diets well i'm going to argue that like diets like diets uh you 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 don't you you don't get to do anything that you you have to move things that aren't comfortable into your purview you have to move things that don't feel natural into your into your purview to things that don't taste well into your purview you have to do the thing that comes unnatural to you into your purview you got to move everything you have to do this artificial stuffing right into your place that's the only way you lose weight right so I'm just going to stay on that topic about these artificial intrusions that people have to do. I'm very passionate about it. You can't tell. You nailed it, that's for sure. Let me go back. Right, without putting my slides up, I just want to talk. I'm curious if anybody yeah. on the call actually wants to start a business because I wanted to talk about. We, we don't need my slide. We can leave it off because I. Oh, I thought you said you wanted it. Okay. It without having it up there because I want to be able to see you. Um, oh, cool. cool, cool, cool. Yeah, I know. I know what it says. So basically. Yeah. I'd like to talk about what holds people back from starting businesses. If, if there are people on this call, I would love to see in, in the chat what's holding you back. What was holding you back before the pandemic? Yeah. And I find um, that there's, there's, there's basically three things people usually say to that. One is they think they don't have enough money. Hey, so one is that they don't have the experience. And the biggest one is that they're afraid. Yeah. So Taylor says time management and focus. I happen to know that Taylor has two babies, so that's not surprising. But, uh, what else, Taylor? I don't think it's just time management and focus because before you had the babies, there was also something holding you back. Yeah. That's the danger of coming on to these webinars when we know you. <laughs> so tell us what else. But I think that um, the way I teach people how to start businesses, you don't have to worry about money. You don't have to worry about lack of experience. And the only thing to be afraid of is the fact that you might make a mistake. You might lose some money. You might You might start and it won't work. And if you don't, if you start by bootstrapping and you don't invest a lot of money and you don't take anyone else's money, then there really isn't that much risk. And so I just, I'd love to talk about that. Like yeah, to see please what do. The yeah, please do. So anybody else? I need medical benefit. Okay, Lisa says, okay. So, so, so maybe you work at Starbucks for 20 hours a week and you get your medical, your health benefits that way and that pays your rent and then you can start your business on the other time. There are other ways to do it. There's, there are ways to do it. Um, marry somebody who's got health benefits. <laughs> <laughs> um, you just, but I mean, I've had to pay my own health care for years, and it's expensive. It's yeah. But so I think a lot of things that are people are afraid of that we're holding them back aren't there now. So if you were afraid of leaving your cushy job and having to spend, you know, live in a smaller place or get rid of your car and get a beater or whatever and change your life, that's happening anyhow. You've lost your job. So okay, now it's a great opportunity. You're, you're in that situation that you were afraid of. So now is the opportunity. But I honestly think the only reason, the only thing that really holds people back is fear. And uh, the fear just, I mean, there's many bigger things right now to be afraid of than, than starting a business. So I'd love to, let's see some chat. What else are people afraid yeah, of? What else? If there's anything else that people are yeah. concerned about, like what, um, what would you say kind of is in the way of you getting started? What's the biggest obstacle to you like taking and by the way and about like taking the little steps so i would even say what's in the way of people taking the first small steps right because it's small steps that you know gotta there's a lot of small steps right so right. um is it is it netflix you have a huge dream but you figure out okay what's the first step that, that will take you towards that and get started on that and maybe you'll take five steps and find out this isn't for you yeah or maybe you'll take five steps and find out that it isn't for the customer no one wants to buy what you have but it doesn't hurt to take those one steps the, and see. One of the best ideas I've ever heard for this that really resonates with me, depending on what you want to start, one of the, and this won't surprise you, one of the first things that you can do that's kind of fun 
and it kind of gets you in the game is to go ahead and create your account. Like, okay, if you, first of all, if you're going to create a website, go ahead and um, search up, um, you know, domains and like domain names and branding uh, domain, like uh, website names, right? Um, or if you're going to put yourself on a platform like Amazon or eBay or Etsy, go and just create your account. So I just feel like that's a small thing you can do to, to kind of like, you know, officially get presence and, and it's kind of exciting and you, and it's yours and it's like, it's there for you. And now um, I feel like that's like a fun first step that I always encourage people to do. Don't go create a company, by the way, clearly you don't need to create an LLC until you're actually going to exchange money. The LLC uh, for those who don't know, really, you don't need to do that until you're going to get close to exchanging money. And then you need your LLC with a bank account. Right. But, and then by the fact on Etsy, you don't even need to be a company. You can, you can do it personally. Right. So uh, don't necessarily feel like you have to have a certain people that say, Hey, create your company. No, first things first, get your presence, go get, go get your website and or your account presence on one of those platforms, even if it's a Facebook page or whatever. And that's like, you're now, it, it's kind of like you're in the game. You've got a spot. You've got a spot. Now you can um, think about the next step of how do you fill fill that store? How do you fill that space? And about that resident. Yeah, you know, okay, get, get a notebook, and you're probably going to have tons of ideas. If you're right. if you're thinking about it, they're probably going to come fast and furious. Write out everything. Get, just do a brain dump into that notebook. So any names you have, any slogans, any anything. I mean, ha do a little run the numbers. Just do a very very simple mathematical how much is the cost of goods how much is this how much are your expenses just do as much research as you can go online and find out who else is doing something similar and go to their websites and do some research and then now you know everyone's at home right now you have an idea put together a brainstorming club get on zoom with the, your smartest friends your most creative friends the ones that support you not necessarily the ones that are, are negative and just brainstorm and just start sharing your idea talk it up with as many people as possible because you just have to sort of try to take that idea and make it real somehow. And I'm like you. I always like to go and buy the domain names. I probably have about a dozen domain names that I may never do anything with. But um, go to namevine.com. I told you about this last week. N-A-M-E-V-I-N-E. That's a great way to look up and see what domain names are available. And it will also show you all of the social media platforms. And so if you find a domain name that you like, you think you're going to go for it, reserve the name. It's $12 on Google to do that and reserve all of the social media platforms so that they belong to you. No one else will take them. And just work that idea through as much as possible. Get it out of your head. Because if you're not going to do it, you need to get it out of your head. Because yeah. it's going to be disturbing. And by doing that, by talking to people, by brainstorming, by looking for names, by thinking of a slogan, by writing, drawing a little uh, logo, and by running the numbers, it'll start to become real. And that's the yeah. first step. The first step is just to make it real and then hop onto social media and start asking now taylor i'm going to tell somebody is that all right taylor if i tell them a little bit about yeah. your idea yes yeah. so annabelle you started echoing so i want to i want to make a confession so i was trying to i was groping for who i stole that idea from about you know going out and getting your domain or whatever first and yeah it's the person i'm talking to tonight on my uh, my co-host <laughs> yeah so yeah i stole that from you earlier i couldn't remember where i got it from but it's true and it reminds me of so many things i've done in my business career where i did that i wouldn't either grab the domain or i wouldn't grab an account or something i grabbed something on the platform that i wanted to be on and then i felt like i had already kind of reserved my spot and i was in the game absolutely um so 
me just tell you the story of Taylor, who's on the. You were, asking, you were echoing, yeah, Annabelle. You were echoing. You're echoing. You're echoing a lot, just so you know. Okay, we gotta back up a little bit. So Taylor's in her early 30s. She's got two kids, a uh, uh, five-month-old and a 18 or 20-month-old. She's busy. She's got her hands full, but she she has an entrepreneur's brain. She's constantly thinking. And a few months ago, she had an idea of starting something called uh, Play Messy. Is that right, Taylor? I think it's PlayMessy.com or PlayMessy.something. And the idea was to go to the park with these giant bins with all kinds of fun, slimy and tactile things that kids could play with. And she started, she just posted up on Facebook and she started getting parents to show up, moms and, and nannies to show up with their kids at the park. And obviously she can't do that right now. And she started thinking about bringing it online. And she actually, she she just went onto Amazon and costed out all the products. And I mean, it's amazing what she did while her kids were having naps. And ultimately she's decided in the last few weeks that it's not a business that she can do during the pandemic and not a business necessarily that she can do with young children. But she ran with the idea. She went, we, we went back and forth over and over on, on uh, Messenger and we had conversations about it. And basically everything she's learned though, to get from where, from the idea to that point is gonna serve her well in the next idea. So basically just go for it, just try it out, figure out, it didn't cost her very much to do this. And she had a lot of fun and she's made connections in the community. She started partnering with people and uh, bravo Taylor. I just want to say it's fantastic what she did and, and anybody can do that. Just have to decide. Okay. She decided she didn't want to sit. She didn't want to just be a mom. She wanted, I mean, being a mom is fantastic, but she has a part of her brain that needed to be stimulated. And, and, um, I do believe that Taylor is going to be quite an entrepreneur someday. And, um, so I'm just, it's out there for anybody who wants it. It's just a matter of getting started, trying something small, like I said, she may have spent $100, $200 on supplies. Yeah. And because she built a, a, a Weebly website, which we teach people how to do, we build a free website on Weebly, and um, she didn't even remove the extension. So she used the, it was free completely. She uh, started posting on mom's groups in Tampa. So basically, a business is out there for anyone. It might start very tiny like that. It may fizzle after a couple of months because you figured out that it's not quite right for your lifestyle or maybe the demand isn't there, but all of that activity that you take is going to lead you towards the business that's going to make money. Yeah. So that's, that's I think that, that. it's a beautiful thing, Annabelle. And I think the best word that I, um, it one cool, uh, Taylor says, hard to let go and admit something wasn't right, but it definitely helped focus me on what aspects of business are important in the future. See that the word that I want to throw out there that I like to use a lot, and I think it's a good word is experiment. You know, you mm -hmm. said try things, and, and I think that's a good word because you know what that word experiment really says? It says that um, I'm going to try something that is that uh, may not work. It's small, and the fact is, when you when you say you're experimenting, what you're basically saying is that um, I am doing multiple things. I I'm not committing. I'm not counting on success out of any particular thing. I'm probing. I'm seeing what will work, and that's that's a good word to think about because. Uh, if you look at business as experimenting, it doesn't feel quite as uh, risky in a way. It feels more like, you know, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try that. And then, of course, the beautiful part is if you, if you get lucky and you catch you catch the wind on something, then you double down and, and you triple down, right? Absolutely. That's what makes it fun, too. I mean, for me, I love to create. So mm -hmm. I just I think that's absolutely the, what you start now may not be where you are in six months or a year or two years, but it's all builds on top of itself. Yeah. So um I wanted to talk a little bit about, so you break down your idea to something that's actually doable right now, preferably with very little money, 
certainly without any other outside investment because it's too risky right now. Um, and then you pre-sell it. So for instance, if I had, if I wanted to start that idea I talked about earlier about setting up gardens in front of people's homes, well, I'm going to have to go out and buy wood. I'm going to have to go out and buy soil and seeds and all these things. Well, I would just, I would just post up on Facebook. Hey, anybody want me to build you a victory garden? Stop, stop waiting in line. Stop exposing yourself to the, to the grocery stores. We'll, we'll produce vegetables right in your front yard. And I would take pre-orders. I would just say, okay, it's $300 for a, for a box delivered to your door. I guarantee there are people who want to do that. And now I've got my money up front. I can pay for my, I can pay for my supplies. So there I've started a business with absolutely no money. I've posted up on Facebook. I've created a free website on Weebly. I've thrown it up on as many social media platforms as I can. And I started a business with absolutely no money. I think the idea of a pre-order, I think that's the note that people should take and write down on their notepad that they're listening right now. This idea of pre-order is a, is a, is a very powerful concept. It's, um, uh, it's amazing what people will, will pay and pre-order for. And it's funny because actually the customer, the person paying actually gets a better feeling pre-ordering something. They do actually ordering something sometimes, right? Because, there's an anticipation. There's a feeling of of of, uh, of supporting or like you're like uh, you're funding something. You're anticipating something. There's there's a lot of power in pre-order on the customer side. It's 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 fascinating. And then on the entrepreneurial side, obviously you get the you get to have something financed in advance. And something that doesn't come naturally. Thinking for an entrepreneur, most entrepreneurs were very insecure. And so we're, we're imagining that everything has to be perfect and I, I can't let down my customer and I've got to make it right and everything's got to be and I got to make sure I ship it. And, they, and I don't want to take money from somebody that, I, that isn't happy and they shouldn't get it. And they don't have their product. And, you know, that's the, the as, as entrepreneurs or just actually as anybody, frankly, um, most of us were very insecure. But um, the pre-order is just a powerful way to uh, to pre-fund a business. I, I've not done it. I've not done it yet. I'm actually, I'm thinking right now as I sit here, like I need to come up with a pre-order idea. <laughs> you pre-order this. Yeah, I did. I did. I forgot. You did. <laughs> I forgot I pre-ordered the yeah. book. Um, but you know what? I didn't, but by the way, to be fair though, I didn't get any money off of that. Amazon uh, held, held the money. So, so that's why I feel like I've not successfully pre-ordered yet. Yeah, and I think we think mostly of pre-ordering like uh, crowdfunding platforms like Kickstarter and Indiegogo, but it doesn't have to be that formalized. Like I said, it can just be throwing up an idea on Facebook and saying, okay, who wants this? And what a great way to test the market and see whether actually anyone wants that problem to be solved because you're gonna find out pretty quickly before you've thrown a penny at it. Yeah. There are a lot of businesses that you can start that way. That's a right. lot of, yeah. That's right, um, absolutely. and. Uh, and, and that's kind of the, the premise that we, we we preach to our startup founders at the way we talk about experimenting and finding if there's if there's demand and and and, and kind of building from there. Well, I'll tell you what, um, Annabelle, I feel like you know I thought we were going to go about an hour and a half, and we're coming pretty close to that. Um, obviously, Taylor's the star of the show here. Uh, that's great. I'm happy for. I'm going to be one of your guest speakers. I promise. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. I think it's fantastic. Um, did anybody want to throw a question? I apologize. I've switched platforms. The platform I used last week, I'm experimenting with platforms, by the way. I'm going to go three or four to find the one that works the best. Um, the uh, one last week, the upside to last week is I could see everybody that was here and I could actually turn on their mics or cameras. That was kind of cool. Um, this one, uh, the, but the problem with the one last week was the there was a uh, quality and latency and technical issues. So, um, 
we've now in a platform that's been fairly solid that way. I see Annabelle in high definition. Their latency has been, there's not been any lag with the camera. There's been a little echo. That's been a thing. But the challenge I'm having is um, I can't, um, I can't flip on people's microphones like I could in the other platform. So I've got a third one I'm going to try for Tuesday. So I apologize for that. But I want to um, want everybody to ask a question. In the, okay. So Mike, Mike, one question for both of you. What are the signals for when you need to pivot? All right. You go first. Well, your sales are going down. Obviously, when it's, when it's obvious that, the, that what you're selling, nobody wants, it's time to pivot. And I think that customers will tell you that. It's pretty obvious, but most owners... Most business owners will ignore it because they have an idea of what they want to do and they're just, they have blinders on, they're just heading forward. So the thing is, once you start that business, you really have to have the blinders off and you have to be listening to your customers. Um, right now, everyone has to pivot. Unless you're a grocery store, a hardware store, perhaps you have to well, pivot. They're, so. pivoting. they're pivoting too because they got to figure out how to you know, get it to your house. So everybody, you're True. right. True. Basically, if you get to the point where your sales are dropping, it's already too late. You need to be listening to what the customer is saying before that happens. And actually, Mike, I'd love to know what you think is because Mike's got a lot of experience in, in, uh, absolutely. The, the, the only thing, absolutely. Yeah. The only thing I would add to that is, um, while Mike is maybe throwing out any suggestions he has, but it's kind of the same thing is, um, um, basically, you know, keeping your ear to the ground, talking to your customers and watching your comp and I would say my, my, I would add to that is watching your competition. I feel mm -hmm. like because you, the, the competition, your competition, um, is, it could be experimenting more than you. And as much as people don't like to acknowledge competition or the, the bottom line is, is you you got to assume that your competition is, is crafty and that they are resourceful and that they're trying to beat you, they're trying to win customers uh, as aggressively as you are or more aggressively, right? So if your customer, if your competition is rolling out a new program or a new service or a new wrinkle in what they're doing, you need to pay attention. I've, I've been on this webinar platform uh, evaluation for the last week or so, and I'm one of the things I noticed is they, they some, of the, some of them are watching their competition better than others, and, and uh, you need to, like your pricing of your competition, um, you, you need to watch and you see what they're doing, what, how they're doing it, how they're pricing it. You don't necessarily have to adopt your competitors, but you need to understand it. And in some cases make adjustments, uh, to accommodate, like I told you about my water heater, right? I, I called around three or four different companies. They weren't aware of each other's pricing. So the pricing was quite varied. And so of course I went with the one that had the best reputation and the best price. But if if they had if they were all watching their competition very well, they would know they need to pivot on. And then you know even like one of them offered like a service plan, another one didn't. And uh, so there's just so many so many so much competitive data that can help you with that. Although the guy with the lowest price may not be the guy who's in business a year from now, so correct, they, correct. They probably do know each other's prices. They're not going to tell you that, but they probably do. I need reputation. I need reputation and pricing. It's like a, it's like a, it's like a, the two things go together, right? And typically, I don't want to go with the lowest price. Typically, you want to go with someone that matches reputation with price right down, you know, right down the middle, right? Carl says, know your competition better than they know you. And one thing I tell my students is when they have an idea, get online and see what else people are doing. And actually go on to the sites that are doing reviews and find out what people are complaining about because there's an opportunity. That's right. So, you know, whatever, whatever the customers are complaining about with your competitors, there's a whole new plan, new, new direction for you. If they're complaining that everyone's late, then you advertise that your servicemen are always on time, 
And that one little difference, all of a sudden, you have a profitable business because nobody ever shows up on time. Did your water guy show up on time this morning? That's right. Yeah, I did. But like, okay. exactly, yeah. like exactly, I just another still example because I'm in the middle of this, but like this platform actually auto emails everybody after the webinar and, and thanks to them. It actually does two emails leading up to it to remind them that it has a nice auto email afterwards thanking them for attending with a little extra thing. And believe yeah. it or not, the other several of the other platforms didn't have that. So there's an example of something that, you know, that should be done. So Lisa, I had a business 2008, 2010. I already have a business name and logo. Would like to start it up again with services people need now, with services that people need now. Planning to use a Facebook page and a website. Annabelle, what is the site you mentioned for a free website, okay. Weebly? I answered that already. But Lisa, why don't you share with us what the idea is? Maybe we can give you some feedback on it. Right, and while she does that, we'll read Carl. Carl, know your competition better than they know you. You said it, yeah. Annabelle, as yeah. well. And then, uh, Annabelle, you already typed in uh, Weebly and Wix. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Wix. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Wix, personally. Um, and then uh, Lisa says, thank you. Um, got it. So. And then mm -hmm. I, I wanted to go on to my last slide, which is not up there, but I just want you don't have to put it up. Okay. I'll just say, I think that it's also a great time right now to connect with people who can help you. Because let's say you have an idea for something, you need a software engineer, you need somebody to write, do some, some coding. I guarantee there are thousands of coders lying on their couches watching Netflix right now, and they'd be thrilled to have a project to work on, probably for some small equity, and there you've got your, your product built. So there's all kinds of people unemployed who, who don't necessarily have the drive and the ideas to get up there and make something happen, but would like to hitch their wagon to your star. So it's a great time, no matter what your idea is, to get out there and network with people and say, do you know somebody who can do this, who can get involved with me? Um, and it's a great time to keep learning. So I always say that your, your to learn list needs to be as big as your to do list. So I wanna encourage people to spend some of the time, obviously you don't wanna spend all of your time consuming, you should be spending more time creating than consuming, but at least part of each day, going on podcasts, going on web webcasts, going to the online library, downloading books, Udemy, Coursera, Linda, um, YouTube. Uh, go to my website, bootstrapbschool.org, and sign up for our workshops. Uh, the Entrepreneur Collaborative Center in Ybor City and the Greenhouse in St. Pete, they have things going on virtually right now. So take away maybe, maybe two nights a week, watch Netflix, and the other five nights, spend some of your time learning some of these things to put yourself in the best position right. to start a business, or if you already have a business, to to figure out what to do with your business. So But I highly recommend and insist that everybody watch Tiger Man on What's that about, Alan? <laughs> Look it up, Annabelle. Okay. It up. Um it, Tiger Man? King. King. Sorry. Tiger King. Tiger King. Uh you won't be disappointed. Um thank you everybody. We're gonna <laughs> trust me, you're gonna be horrified when you look that up. Um, the, uh, thank you everybody for attending again. I'm going to switch up my platform next Tuesday, next week. I think I've got a third option that might be the best of all both worlds. So stay tuned. Um, but this went pretty well and uh, with a lot of great questions that we can't thank everybody enough. We had like 20 something people and a lot of great feedback. We, we really appreciate that. And we're going to, it encourages us to keep, keep this going and try to help people. Uh, this is only going to get more intense. We had six, ma six million plus people file for unemployment last week and three million a week before that. And all the websites are down. It's probably going to be more next week. It's just really some tough, serious stuff. So um, I'm, I'm feeling really good about trying to be helpful. In fact, I'm looking forward to actually the premise of the show is about half 
half of it being myself and the co-host talking, and the other half was going to be the attendees giving their feedback and advice. So hopefully this next platform that I test will allow me to do that in a more efficient way. And um, that way we can get we can crowdsource a lot of information to help each other as a community. Okay. And I think we need a poll to see which one of us got a better homemade haircut. <laughs> Your daughter or my husband? <laughs> um, you know what? Um, the uh, Annabelle, if you want to put your email in there, you can sure. do that, and um, and we'll let you do that. The uh, yeah, I've um, you know what? I'm just for the treat for people that are still on the on the on the line. I'm going to show a picture of uh, of um, what I was dealing with um, last last week. Uh, hold on, it's, yeah, that that's what I was dealing with a few days ago. Can everybody see that? <laughs> Back of your head. That's the back of my head right there. Okay, everybody. And uh, it was it was properly uh, it's properly recovered. But um, you know, just a little thing in a there's like a thing in a spray can. We just took care of that pretty quick, and uh, everything was fine. <laughs> just kidding. Thank you, everybody. See you next week. Thanks, Thanks everybody. everybody. Okay. Bye. Bye.